0: hello and welcome to a digitally themed show from social media to web development from finding a job online to working on a website we've got all the tips and advice you could ever need this is lj and you're listening to careers talk Our guest this week is social media expert Matt Rhodes. Among other things, Matt's going to explain why you absolutely, positively, definitely need to be using social media when you're looking for a
1: job. Probably the single most important thing that anybody can do, whatever stage they're at in their career, build their own network. It lets you start to learn a little bit more about an industry, about an area, about a a career path, about whatever it might be.
0: Pick the poster this week is Mr Mills, selected by Kerry, as we are down an intern now. So you'll be hearing quite a lot from Kerry this week. Perhaps we can make her put on different voices just to keep you interested, or perhaps not. Anyway, poster Mr Mills came to the forums looking for advice about blogging. You
2: know, no matter how good a writer you are, if you're not known, if you're, you know, sort of not not branded in the right way, no one's going to read it.
0: Of course, we'll be treating you to the nail-biting thrill-fest that is the Job's top ten, and Julian Linley's tip of the week this week is all about instinct. But right now, let's get in on our first bit of Kerry chat. Kerry, are you worried about your prominent role this week? No, I'm thinking maybe it
3: could be Kerry talk this week. Oh, I see,
0: it's going to be a takeover. No, not a takeover.
3: (laughs) But I don't know about the different voices, I'm not too comfortable with that, I'm not Good at Not doing Irish or a
0: Probably Scottish. Australian. Scottish. Cut that out, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, let's move on quickly. What book have you been reading this week? I've been reading How to Launch
3: Your Wine Career.
0: Very nice. And
3: it's an American book, actually, because wine's a real sort of booming industry in the US. But uh, there's also some knowledge that you can transfer over. And the main important thing is to have a real passion for wine and really get into it and know everything about it. So
0: do you fancy it? What?
3: No. I like wine, but just for drinking. But it does sound really interesting as a career if you're really passionate about wine and how it's made and interested in that sort of stuff. Are there Are there lots of opportunities? Well, you can do things like working as a winemaker, you know, stomping the grapes, really involved in the science of getting it to taste great, to anything sort of like marketing, PR, and obviously
0: journalism roles as well. Okay, so we've got a digitally-themed pod this week and your Q&A is part of that digital theme isn't it? What is it?
3: Yeah keeping with the theme we've been talking about web development careers on the forum this week. Oh good.
0: And we had a couple of people from the Guardian that were on the panel too, didn't we?
3: Yep, some of the Guardian's developers. We had, for example, Michael Brunton Spall, and he's involved in keeping the infrastructure for the website strong to cope with all the millions of visitors. Guardian.co.uk for, for Guardian.co.uk, and one of his recent projects was a crowdsourcing, so getting people to come and help with sourcing information the web audience about the mp's expenses so people would follow the link online and look at the mp's expensive forms and decide whether or not they were genuine or sounded viable or not
0: so who else did you have on the panel we
3: had Skillset, we had bcs which is the chartered institute for it we also had a couple of digital agencies that create content for clients as well
0: What kind of things were discussed, and did you understand any of it?
3: (laughs) I did understand some, but obviously I don't want to get my Django and my Java mixed up, so I'm not going to go... Or your Python. My Python. Is it Python? Yeah, Python's PHP. Django is a Python... Uh, something. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> Best not to explain. <laughs>
3: yeah. Uh, yeah. So I didn't want to get that too mixed up. So I was just going to focus on the general threads. But if you wanted the nitty gritty, that's all in there. Because it was in the quite discussion. technical, wasn't it? Yeah, people were asking about HTML and all sorts. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so in terms of general... What can you tell us about the discussion? Okay,
3: so we started off a little bit talking about the health of the web development job market. And we had a specialist recruiter, Hayes, involved as well. And they said that experienced web developers probably had hardly noticed. that They probably had little problems, you know, finding work. But it's more junior level because companies aren't taking anyone on for training roles. So there, that is where the, the scarcity is at the moment. But don't worry, there is some hope. And a lot of the panelists had some ideas for building your portfolio if you can't get that training. And the most simple thing, and the one thing that everybody on the panel said, was to start building your own websites. And you know, not even just a personal website to promote yourself. Like, try and find a new band and ask them if they need a site to help. That's a good idea. Or a community group. Because if you're doing it for somebody else, you're likely to have sort of like a time constraint, maybe even a budget. And you'll be getting used to clients needs and as well as that you're getting can get used to all the different tools that web developers use one of our panelists in fact it was from bcs the Chartered institute of it said he always used to look at websites and try and figure out how they'd done something like how did they build that have a go himself and try and do it better
0: mm, it's, it's such a
3: good trial and error is such a good way to learn
0: one of the things I did notice in the discussion was the mention of commercial astuteness was very important it kept coming back from a lot of the panelists saying you need to be understanding of you, you know the, you need to be commercially aware mm-hmm. of the projects and developing and sites and
3: no I noticed that as well I think there was uh, one post that stood up for me it was from a freelancer who said that you know a lot of clients don't actually know whether you've built a site really well or not as long as it looks good like front end the actual design of it so how can can he, you know, make sure that people know what he's doing is better, even, you know, employers. And um, it is about being able to communicate what you're doing and what the benefit is to their business if
0: they have a more quality website. And something else I picked up on as well was the advice about people wanting to go freelance. And that the same as if you're a journalist, don't go freelance unless you've got a lot of experience.
3: Mm. Yeah, that was come up. And one thing as well about freelance that I'd picked up in one of the tips was if you're wanting to develop professionally, um, it can sometimes be better to be working on projects long term. Freelancers tend to be called in last minute and sort of have to deliver a project quite quickly. Whereas if you're a full time developer, you'll have to build it well in the first place and then you'll be tweaking it and your HTML and CSS skills, which is cascading style sheets. Very good, Kerry. Thank you, I remembered it. Um, That's where those skills are built working on long-term projects so you know maybe you want to think about stopping freelancing and finding a job if you want to develop in those areas our panelists also recommended some reading online if you wanted to get to grips with different programs and stuff and if you keep an eye on projects that you're interested in so things like ruby on rails django google go open id and facebook and twitter so people who are blogging about those subjects keep an eye on that and see what's going on and also they mentioned looking out for web celebrities like people that are behind those projects like Twitter there was Django creators Simon Willison Jacob Kaplan Moss, and Adrian Holovaty always
0: have an interesting view on the Python world mm, I'll look out for that do thanks very much Kerry thanks now it's time for our tip of the week with the beautifully turned out Julian Lindley. and I must say it's a shame you can't see him because he's wearing a gorgeous black and white shirt today he's delivering his tip this week which is all about instinct
4: Hi, it's Julian Lindley again. I'm back and my tip for this week is trust your instinct. Right from the very start of my career until this week and I'm sure in the future, I've always listened to my instinct because uh, it's usually made better decisions for me than if I tried to intellectualize something or or, uh, find a clever route into something. And I think quite often not a lot of people listen to their instinct these days and try and think around things when quite often the first reaction you have to something is the right reaction. There's a really interesting interesting example of when I really listened to my instinct right on a knife-edge moment a few months ago when I was uh, still editing Heat. We had got to a lunchtime on a Friday, bearing in mind the magazine prints on a Friday afternoon, and I still didn't have a cover story. Or rather, I had a cover story, but it was I just was itchy about it, you know. I just I didn't feel that it was correct and that it would sell us lots of issues. And at the last minute, I decided to ditch it at about midday. Now, you can imagine the reaction that you get from your team who worked really hard all week to build up something. And then when they're just about ready to go out and, you know, have a nice shop in Zara at lunchtime, you tell them, actually, it's all off. We're starting again. I sat a really small team of uh, my top table together and I made them feed me stuff, not necessarily that they got, but what they were interested in, the things that they had seen, the stuff that they really enjoyed that week and as a result we came up with this uh, great angle on a story about Cheryl Cole it was at the time and uh, we bolted this cover together in about 20 minutes and it was one of the biggest selling issues of that year so my tip of the week is trust your instinct
0: Joining me on the line now is Matthew Rhodes from social media agency Fresh Networks, part of the larger company Fresh Minds. Matt's a regular speaker at Web 2.0 conferences and a prolific author of social media best practice articles. Strange, really, considering he's come from a background in medieval literature. Hi, Matt. Hi there. So you've joined us today to talk about the importance of using social media. Before we talk about that, I want to know about you being a Cambridge graduate in medieval literature and how you've ended up being a digital guru?
1: Well, I think like many people these days, it's an interesting kind of um, career, which lets you see me leaving university knowing that I like to write and I like to speak and I quite like kind of problem solving. And sadly, when you look through jobs pages, there aren't that many jobs called You Like to Write, Speak and Problem Solve. (laughs) And um, I started off really kind of working in um, marketing consulting. And so I kind of got a kind of eight, nine year background in marketing consulting which very much is all about kind of communications, product, and positioning, and and all those kind of things. And really, kind of the last couple of years have been focused on social media specifically. And I think think there's a lot said about kind of social media and digital being very different, and I see it as being very similar to traditional kind of marketing and comms. So it just felt like a very natural progression for me to move from kind of more traditional marketing into kind of social media.
0: So... Just take you back slightly. Yeah. Did you did you fall into marketing then?
1: Yes, pretty much. So I left university without a job, um, with a degree and no real plan except for the fact that I knew nine months after I left I was gonna be spending six months in Africa. Um, so I moved to London and got a lot of work working, kind of either market research or interim roles within kind of marketing. With clients, then went away, travelled away for six months.
0: You were in Africa, did you say?
1: Yes, yeah, so I travelled around Africa for about what, six months. What
0: were you doing there, and why did you decide to go to Africa?
1: Well, I'd always wanted to a spend some time travelling somewhere that was very different to Europe, which is the only place I'd really been to up until I left university. And I'd always been interested in Africa for for a variety of reasons. At the time, I was toying with the idea of a PhD in Colonial linguistics. Wow! <laughs> so the sort of going to, to Africa was quite interesting for that. Yeah. And rather indulgently, I spent most of that six months just travelling around, and we went to about kind of twelve different countries in six months. Wow! So yeah. Amazing time. Absolutely.
0: So you came back to London. Came and... back to
1: London, um, got a job, started working um, market research initially, then started working really with the founders of the company I now work for. So founders of a company called Fresh Minds.
0: Okay, so let's talk about that. That takes us nicely into talking about Fresh fresh Minds and Fresh Networks. Mm -hmm. It's described as a social media agency. Can you tell us what a social media agency is?
1: I guess that's a million-dollar question. It's an interesting internal debate we have here, actually, because internally we wouldn't talk about ourselves like that. Internally we think of ourselves as being people who provide either software or services to help people, brands use social media. When um, you say people, do you mean companies? Yeah, and, and that's where really the epithet social media agency would come from. Often people that are using social media within brands, sit in marketing or PR or comms, and they're very used to buying agencies. They're very used to going to an advertising agency who will solve their advertising problems. They're very used to going to a brand agency who will solve their brand problems. And so it's one of those cases, I think, in a very new industry where we're trying to align ourselves into a way people are used to buying. So we call ourselves a social media agency because we go and we solve their problems with how to use social media.
0: So give us an example of what kind of things you would do for a company.
1: Well, I guess like a a whole range of things from a big fashion house that we work for who wanted to promote um, their new range that was coming up. And so they're launching a new range. And rather than just spending a lot of money in above-the-line advertising or in traditional PR on that, they wanted to start using social media to see if they could reach more people more effectively, and hence cheaper probably. And so we do things like we try to understand, first of all, kind of what they're trying to do, why they're trying to use social media, is it just for experiment, what are their measures, and then start to develop something for them that might include technology, or it might not. So So it might be as simple as saying, actually, you should just use Facebook, or it might say, actually, have you considered using forums or blogs or other kind of social media tools on your own site or on a site you set up.
0: So you might go forward then and build?
1: Yeah, so we might go forward and build. I mean, really, there are probably four elements that we'd see fitting into those skills and the products within social media um, agencies. So there's social media monitoring, which is about saying, right now, there are probably hundreds, if not thousands, if not tens of thousands of people talking about you and your brand online. You don't know what they're saying. And that's interesting for two reasons. One, because it's actually quite nice to know what people are saying about you. But two, also because you've got all these people who are out there talking about you. You know, one of our clients, every time we send out a message on our Facebook, it has over 100,000 people mm. who then pass that on to their friends.
0: It's amazing to have such
1: um, immediate feedback. Absolutely. So that's kind of monitoring. the Zen strategy, which is about saying, we're not looking at tactics here. We're not saying, how do I do X? We're saying, how do I as a brand actually use social media? There's a lot of reactive use at the moment. A lot of, we need Twitter, we need Facebook, we need something. And it's actually about saying, as anybody body, as a brand, as an individual, you shouldn't actually be using it unless you know why you're using it. And so let's take a step back and understand that. Don't just use Twitter for the sake of it. Work out why you're doing it and then make sure you're using it the right way. There's then the third thing being technology. And then the fourth thing, and probably... Most important out of everything is managing it. And, you know, social media, the important thing is the first word. The social word It's actually about people, not about technology and strategy. And kind of how you manage your brand online is really important. Again, that's an area where a lot of people discuss. And our view is very much that the right way for a company to engage isn't to hire somebody to say, I'm going to pretend to be Coca-Cola or any brand, and I'm going to, as an agency, pretend to be them and talk to their customers online. The reality is a lot of people find that quite daunting. Yeah. And a lot of people we work with, a lot of brands we work with find it very daunting to suddenly think that they've got to move from their traditional communications routes and their traditional marketing routes, starting to engage people real-time, online, in new medium.
0: Well, I mean, you know, it's such a new area. And um, I suppose people are making up the rules now.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing I always like to say is, you know, if you work out what you want to do with this, and how you're going to measure it, then the best thing to do next is, to some extent, to experiment. Try new things. Make sure you're measuring what you do, and you can evaluate whether what you're doing is having the impact you want. But don't be scared of trying new things.
0: So let's talk about that then for, you know, because obviously we've been talking about sort of companies and, you know, how Mm -hmm. how companies sort of um, brand themselves. But obviously we have a, a control over how we brand ourselves personally as well. And so how is social media now helping or not helping people in terms of careers and jobs and sort of managing managing their, their work life,
1: really? Well, I think if we if we talk to kind of, first of all, in terms of kind of jobs and, and careers, I think social media can be incredibly helpful and really two sides to the fence. One as somebody entering a career, looking for roles, looking for jobs. and You're now in a really good position to learn an awful lot more about an industry, about a company, about anything that you ever were before. I mean, there's been sites such as The Vault for Mm. six or seven years, but there are now hundreds of ways of finding out if you are going to go and work for X company, what that company is like, what the people there do, even simple things like what they look like and what their areas of interest are, which makes a big difference when you've never met somebody and you're going for a first interview with them. Then probably the bigger picture in terms of kind of looking for a role is very much around networking, probably the single most important thing that anybody can do, whatever stage they're at in their career is build their own network. And I look back on the point at which I was graduating university and think at those days it was very difficult to start to think, I'm not quite sure what I want to do, but I know I'm interested in these skill areas or these experiences. How do I find other people who I can then talk to, ask advice from, all those things? It's things like LinkedIn that's now a lot simpler. And having a good LinkedIn profile with a very good profile about yourselves, really good keywords so people can find you, but also proactively in going out and finding people who work in industries you're interested in, who might have had a background that you've had, who might be similar to you in some ways, and starting to network with them online. It's a lot less intrusive to some extent than trying to network with them offline, and it lets you start to learn a little bit more about an industry, about an area, about a a career path, about whatever it might be.
0: Are there sites or things that you should would advise people to do?
1: Absolutely, definitely LinkedIn. So from a, a job hunter's perspective, having a good LinkedIn profile is really important. There was some stats out actually at the weekend. I can't quite remember, but I think it was around 50% of recruiters say that they would in 100% of cases check for somebody's LinkedIn and Facebook profile wow. before they offer them a job. Wow. We're growing business here and I interview a lot of people. And I know that I would always look at if people were on Twitter, if they had a blog, if they're on LinkedIn, if they're on Facebook, before I meet them. Just because it's a really good way for you to start to get to know more about them. Just as in kind of business, if you like, with brands, we're moving from traditional comms. I, as a brand, I'm going to push a message out to you who might buy me. In the job market, I think we're moving from a similar kind of model. Mm -hmm. You know, I, as a job hunter, will push out my CV and my application form to you who might want to hire me. And that's to make sense, the company's in a lot more control. The company can find out things about you that isn't on your CV, Mm -hmm. they can find out actually. Mm -hmm what you're interested in, what, what, what your experiences are. And that can be really good. I know that there's people that I've interviewed where I can sit down in the interview and say, I'm actually really interested in the fact that you spent the last six years learning to be a professional photographer because that skill is really important to me in the role. That wasn't on your CV, but let's talk about that. Yeah. And having learned that from their LinkedIn profile actually made that candidate much more appealing to me than necessarily their CV did. Yeah. Kind of other Fair really enough. key things to start doing are just to kind of... Educate yourself a lot on the industry or the company or the market or the issues. And you can do that in a really easy way these days just by using things like Twitter, not necessarily yourself having a profile and using it. But Twitter is just a really big search engine. Yeah. And you can really just easily go and search that. You can go to search.twitter.com, type in the name of the company that you might be interviewing with, type in the name of the industry you're interested in, or the person, or the person, and just see what's been said about them. And it's a really good way of getting real-time information and just making yourself a lot more informed. I think social media is about people sharing stuff, adding stuff, creating stuff together. And so there's just a lot more content out there than there ever was. And as long as you can sensibly and intelligently read and search that content, you can be significantly more informed than you ever could before.
0: What about the issue between your personal and your professional profile online? I know that some recruiters have said that they haven't invited people in for interview because they've been put off by things that they've seen on Facebook. What kind of advice would you give people about that?
1: I think the number one advice is only you control your brand online. Uh, And you need to be very aware of that. And people often aren't Facebook is a place where people are with their friends. They can sometimes feel like you're in a bar or having coffee talking to them because you're exchanging advice, but you're not. You're doing that publicly. There's a lot you can do with privacy settings. I don't have any of my work colleagues as my friends on Facebook. Facebook is a place mm. for people that I'm friends with out of work, yeah. uh, and it's very much for that. And I think you need to carefully look at what privacy settings you've got and say, Actually, Facebook and LinkedIn, for example, are different. Facebook is where I'm, me and my friends are going to hang out together. LinkedIn is where I'm going to network with people for work and make sure that your privacy settings are set appropriately. You know, everybody, I think any recruiter in the world would know that somebody they're going to hire has got drunk at a party and an amusing photo has been taken of them. Yeah. <laughs> they don't necessarily want to see that, so don't share it to them. The number one advice is you are in charge to take control of your brand and just not let them see it.
0: And now the moment you've all been waiting for, the Jobs Top 10. Kerry's joined by Rebecca Stevenson from Guardian Jobs. Hello Rebecca.
5: Hello LJ.
0: Thanks very much for coming. No worries. So you've both come to tell us which jobs have made the list. Off you go.
3: Kicking off the chart at 10, here's your chance to work for the Italian confectionery company Ferrero. It needs a
5: marketing manager for Nutella and Tic Tac in its Watford office. You must be extremely money motivated for number nine, apparently. A recruiter headhunter is needed for a role which will include travel to Dubai, Singapore, Tokyo and New York.
3: More travel for eight. ICYE, which is an international volunteering charity organising placements across the world, is offering two £500 bursaries for ethical
5: volunteering overseas in Latin America or Africa. Not brilliant pay for number seven, but a shopaholic might be tempted for this personal shopper post at a luxury boutique in London.
3: At six, a manager is needed to plan and deliver the Living Street's walking works.
5: This is to promote walking to work, and it sounds like a creative role. Someone is needed to help to keep the peace at number five. West Midlands Quaker Peace Education Project is looking for a peace education trainer to run workshops in schools on conflict resolution issues. At four, if you have Italian, Spanish, French, Portuguese,
3: Greek, Czech, Arabic or Mandarin at conversational level, and that's just one, not all of those, good social skills and a passion for food and wine, art and architecture, flowers and wildlife and cycling across the country, you could be what ATG Oxford is
5: looking for. The company has an opening for a travel guide and manager. At three. A leading company in the water industry is looking for a crew leader to join a CCTV department for haulage. Just short of the top spot at two is an intelligence coordinator
3: for UK Anti-Doping, the newly formed National Anti-Doping Organisation, which is responsible for the management and implementation of the UK's national anti-doping
5: policy. And top of the jobs is a programme delivery manager for Hackney's Ways Into Work programme. You'll be managing all aspects of a scheme which aims to support 1,000 long-term unemployed residents into secure work.
0: Thank you very much, you two. And I really am very interested in that travel guide job. Sounds amazing. And incidentally, if you're thinking about applying, then good luck. And do send us an email to let us know how you're getting on. The email address is careers at guardian.co.uk. And as if we haven't heard enough of her already today, Kerry's back with Pick the Poster. Kerry, please, can we have a different voice and tell us who you picked?
3: Me again, yes. (laughs) Um, I've been speaking to Mr Mills about his desire to develop his journalism skills by starting a blog.
2: I had a few articles actually on The the Guardian's uh, comment, his free blogs. But unfortunately, that sort of struggled to get anything published. So I was wondering if there was, like, any other blogs out there that I might be able to upload my work to. And if there wasn't, you know, what about starting my own? Yeah, I got I got quite a lot of uh, feedback, really. I think the, the key thing in terms of blogging was actually branding. You know, no matter how good a writer you are, no matter how good your ideas are or whatever, how original they might be, if you're not known, if you're, you know, sort of not not branded in the right way no one's going to read it so um, my subject matter was way too general really I, and and if I wanted to kind of brand myself I would need to to find a, a specialist you know to work in you know that was all very good advice and, and it sort of made sense really.
3: Are you ready for your quickfire questions? I am, yeah. What was the first job you ever had?
2: I was a trolley collector at Sainsbury's. I, uh, I had to do shifts over Christmas and um, some of that would be like, you know, around midnight and it was freezing and, um, yeah, just, just horrible, really.
3: What's the best job you've ever had?
2: The uh, best job I've ever had was uh, when I got a bit of work uh, with um, The Guardian's Commenters Free. I had a few articles published uh, over the summer.
3: And what was the worst?
2: Well, the worst has to be my first job, which was as a, a trolley pusher uh, at Sainsbury's, wasn't very nice.
3: If you could have any job in the world, what would it be? I'm guessing not trolley collecting.
2: Uh, no, you're right there. Um, it would be Premier League footballer, but uh, I, I know that's unlikely. Um, but After that, I'd probably go for a, be a novelist, sure. but again, I don't know how likely that is.
3: And if you ran away to join a circus, what job would you do for them?
2: Uh, well, I won't be performing any circus stunts, but uh, I guess I'd be best um, writing their publicity.
3: And what's the best bit of careers advice you've ever been given?
2: It's probably one of deciding what uh, course to do at university. My um, teacher said, um, at your age you can't possibly know what job you want to do when you're older, so I would advise you to just carry on in a subject that you enjoy. So I guess you know, the moral of that is to, to do something you enjoy.
3: What's been the proudest moment of your career? Again, it's linked to
2: the work I did for Comment Is Free. I wrote an article about um, uh, Jean Charles de Menezes, who was uh, shot dead by the police. I wrote an article about uh, an IPCC investigation into into what happened, and uh, I was invited onto LBC Radio to uh, discuss it.
3: How would you pitch yourself to a potential employer in 30 seconds?
2: I graduated in English. I spent a couple of years teaching English as a foreign language at schools in Italy uh, and now work as a newspaper reporter. While I mainly work in news, my forte lies in feature writing, in particular history and human interest pieces. I'm keen on finding freelance work um, in these areas, but also I have interest in broadcasting, such as speaking to camera, something I've recently begun to get experience in. As a person, I'm hard-working, organised and always eager to do well, have an open mind and am able to converse with people from all walks of life. That
3: was very good. I think you might have been bang on 30 seconds there, Mr Mills.
2: Ah, I've been working, working very hard at getting it
3: right. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you've been practising your pitch. Thanks very much.
0: That was Mr Mills talking to Kerry earlier today and here to tell us what's happening next week, you guessed it, it's Kerry again. Kerry, what have we got coming up? in your own time
3: (laughs) next week's q a's we're starting off with switching professions to law or medicine on february the 10th so that's for career changes rather than people starting out in the industry i bet that's going to be busy yeah so if you're thinking of conversion courses and stuff like that then we're talking about digital marketing on february the 11th that was uh inspired by a blog by one of our marketing experts ben wardell that said lots of people are thinking about moving into that area of marketing and the Q&A we are supposed to be having last week on photography is now taking place next Friday on
0: February the 12th. Oh, good, because I was really looking forward to that. Yeah, I think that one will be a busy one, actually. That's it. All that's left is to thank our guest, Matt Rhodes, Julian Linley, Rebecca Stevenson from Guardian Jobs, poster Mr Mills and, of course, Carrie Ann Eustace, who I think coped admirably with her workload this week. Thank you. Well done. Thanks very much. Remember you can find out more on everything we've talked about on careers.guardian.co.uk. Careers Talk was produced by Kate Taylor. I'm LJ Filatrani. Thanks for listening.